Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. As you know, I'm your host and your guide. My job is to help you get off the brink and to bring you people who are gonna help you see, feel, and think in new ways. To begin to really understand the changes that are taking place. You know, I used to tell my clients, if you wanna change, have a crisis or create one. The people inside, I tell them the same thing. Companies are just groups of people. But nobody wants a crisis and nobody wants to change. And who would have thought we would have had such a massive crisis, but never waste a crisis. Always begin to think about change as your friend. I know that sounds a little strange, but today I want you to meet a woman who I want you to befriend. Jennifer Brazer is a marvelous person who's done some fantastic things. And while she's going to tell you about herself in a moment, I'll give you her resume. She's a founder and CEO of Complete Controller really a great organization, a leading national business services firm. She believes that all business operators should have access to excellent financial data to fuel their critical decisions. Now, I've been working with an accounting firm for four years now, and I'm sure Jennifer has been working with lots of accounting firms for many years now. Her company that was founded in 2007 has become the turnkey client accounting services department for CPA firms across the country. She's always looking for new ways to give back, empowering the small business community through financial literacy, which is a tremendous area. And so many of our clients come back because they're stuck or stalled about what do the numbers really mean? And I was talking to one entrepreneur the other day, and her cost of goods has gone up huge expenses now. Wasn't quite sure how to adjust her pricing. Big questions. Jennifer's new book, as you can see on this video, is From Cubicle to Cloud. And for those of you who are listening, it's a really cool new book. And she came to me from our marvelous publishers at Greenleaf Book Group, who we both think is terrific. And so without further ado, let me say thank you, Jennifer, for joining me today. Who is Jennifer and what is your journey? Thank you so much, Andy. I just love to, the opportunity to be here today. And I love that I'm talking with you. So tell us about who is Jennifer and how did we get to this point? (laughs) Wow. You know, um, I think Jennifer is an entrepreneur. I've always been one of those that came up with ideas and and wasn't afraid to execute on them and play with them and see if they were going to turn into anything. And usually my ideas would just wind up being something that, you know, filled up the closet because it just it, it wasn't quite there. But uh, I had three little girls. Uh, I was in my 30s when I started Complete Controller. And Complete Controller came around because these girls are all in high school, junior high. They're running around in all different directions. And I am a for hire controller. So I'm driving out to visit clients and I'm doing their bookkeeping and helping them with you know, figuring out their financial reports and hiring the right people and then driving home and I'm charging an hourly rate, right? Hours for dollars. And I found myself in this place where every time I was really giving my all to my career, to my clients, to their needs, I was passionate about it. I was diving into it, doing it quite a bit. I was neglecting the kids, I wasn't spending the time over here that needed to be spent. And I felt that tug, right? 
And then every time I chose the kids, you know, hey, I'm going to stay home with that sick kiddo. We're going to take a ditch day and go to Disneyland together. We're going to spend some time down at the beach. It's so gorgeous, right? Then I felt that tug that I wasn't taking care of my career and I wasn't advancing my career. And also, quite frankly, hours for dollars, if you're not there, you're not making money. And so there was that budget thing too, right? constant tug between the two. And I really got to a point in my life where that was very, very uncomfortable. And then along comes opportunity and it knocks on my door. And it was in the form of a client. I had gone to visit him, you know, doing his controller work. And he says to me, he's a property management company. Okay. So he's managing these self-storage facilities all across the nation. He has about 14 of them at the time in his portfolio and they're everywhere, right? They're in Lansing, Michigan, San Diego, California. They're just all over the place. So I'm working with him and he says to me, man, I'm bringing the paperwork into the CPA firm and dropping it with them. And I'm low on the totem pole because it's just financial statements and bookkeeping for my client accounts. And so they finally get to it. And then the bill, I never know what it's going to be until they're done. Big fat bill sitting on top of the boxes. I pick it up and I'm picking up financial statements that are after the fact. They're already old by the time I have them, right? Yeah. And he's saying, you know, if I could get you to do all of the bookkeeping work for all of my facilities, I'd hire you in a flat second. And right there, I'm thinking, I wonder. So that planted that seed, right? And we all know this, all of us, you know, listening today have that entrepreneurial spirit. So we've all had that seed planted where you recognize, wait a second, this is an opportunity. So now it's my chance to either think about it more and start to flesh it out or just go, ah, don't have the time, don't have the energy, don't have the resources. And that's okay too. But for those of us who are like, hmm, I think I need to grab this baby. That was me. So I'm thinking about it and thinking about it. And I finally called him up and said, you know, Greg, if I can find a way to do bookkeeping for all of your facilities, would you hire me to do it? Can I get your promise? And he said, as long as it's within the right budget price point, you know, it's got to be like under 500 bucks per facility per month. And you have to be able to pay all the bills. It's, you know, it's not going to be easy. I'm like, okay, now I know what he needs. And so I went back to a friend of mine and I said, I need an IT person because I'm not an IT person. And when you look up Complete Controller, you see we're a bookkeeping service, right? We're all about doing bookkeeping for small businesses, for busy households, usually the entrepreneur's households because they're too busy running their business and trying to have fun, you know, to do their bookkeeping. And, and, um, but we're also a tech company because when we do business, we do it virtually and we have from the start. And I'll tell you, I mean, if you remember 14 years ago, (laughs) there was no cloud. (laughs) No, it's not that long to do. There was none of what we have now, right? None of it. Yep. It's all changed. And of course, with COVID changed so rapidly, and we'll get to that part of the story. But, you know, back then it just, it wasn't a thing, right? People weren't yep. clamoring to get on the cloud and do work virtually, but there was a need, right? Yep. So I went ahead and I, I spoke with this tech guy that I had been introduced to. 
And I sat him down and I just said, hey, here's my pie in the sky idea. Just tell me if I'm dreaming or if this could actually be a thing, right? Because, you know, and, and here's the thing is have people shoot you straight. Because a lot of vendors will get out there and they'll, they'll build anything you want them to build. They'll do anything you want them to do because they need to make a a buck too. Right. But you know, the ones that shoot you straight, they're so valuable. Ones that will really tell you the truth. That's true. And for him, he says, I can do this. This can (laughs) be done. And, um, and it's going to take a little doing, but it can be done. And of course, that's what I needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. (laughs) <laughs> so what do I do? I, I turn around and I, I put them to it. You know, what's it going to cost? Get me a proposal. What's the timeline? And I think all of these are really important, you know, questions, yeah. because if you don't know, you wind up in this. Have you ever done home remodeling? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> like they come in and they demo your kitchen and then you're sitting there without a kitchen for, you know, four months because you don't know when they're coming back or the light <laughs> fixture, you know, is on back order or whatever. Right. So right. getting that schedule is so important. So I get the schedule from the guy, I get the proposal. He builds what turns out to be the first terminal services environment for complete controller, which is basically a server in my home office that sounds like a jet airplane. (laughs) And boy, did I call my client up and say, I have it. (laughs) I can do bookkeeping for all of your sites. Now, while he was building the tech side, I was building the process side. And for me, um, it was looking at if I'm going to do business virtually, what do I need to get from these people? What do I need to teach these people at these various sites in order to be able to work smoothly with them? Um, How can I best serve them, but keep my processes standardized and efficient? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm just like doing it different for each person, I'm going to find myself in trouble. And I can't control the cost. And remember, my client had said it needs to be a set price point and it needs to be within my budget. And I talk about this a lot and from cubicle to cloud, because I think that just entrepreneurs in general, never mind doing virtual work and doing it on that subscription basis, the SaaS model, um, need to be very coherent about what the cost of the work is. And in order to be coherent as to the cost of the work, you have to know what it takes to get it done. And to know what it takes to get it done, you have to standardize it. You have to create a process and say, when we are doing A, we do it this way every time. And then we know that A takes us, maybe it's a range, you know, maybe A takes us a half an hour to two and a half hours. And that entire range is acceptable. And then our profit is over and above that range. And so we know that if it only takes a half hour, wow, we made a lot of profit. And if it takes an hour and a half, well, not so much, but we still made a profit. So we're okay, right? Yeah. I I love the serendipity. I love how you turned it systematically into a business. Not, you know, not a, a little at a time, but a business. And now you launched it. Um, how did you take it to market? What um, I have a hunch that firms were very excited about the opportunity. Did they gravitate to it right away? <laughs> well, you would think. You, one could only hope, right, Andy? <laughs> That's right. But 
aside from my original client, it was a little bit of an uphill battle. And, you know, this is where I really want to share with the audience that if you have that proof of concept and you know it's of value to a certain segment of the market, which we know it is, right? Because somebody's buying it, then listen, listen to that knowing. And, and push forward, even if the market isn't quite ready for you yet, because there are great rewards on the other side. We all see how rewarding it was for the companies that were already ready for virtualization when COVID hit. Yes. Because they were already doing it virtually, right? And so for them, it was no big deal. For us, it was no big deal. We actually gained clients. Why? Because we gained them from companies that didn't have the capability of being virtual. Right. So as I went to market though, 14 years ago, (laughs) businesses going directly to businesses, they're like, what is this thing that you're going to do? You're not going to come to my office. (laughs) How do you, how do you get my receipts? How do you know? How how are you going to write my checks? This this is ridiculous. Right. Well, and it's not even gone. I mean, the the pandemic has pushed it forward. I'm laughing. I've been working with an accounting firm for four years and they used to scream because their clients couldn't figure out how to scan and send the bill over. It was, uh, what do you mean you can't simply take a picture and send it over? It's like, uh, oh, and so how did you convert them? Because the story of conversion is a very powerful one, isn't it? Oh, it is so powerful. And for me, it was finding that leverage in the market. So what I realized as I was chugging along, and I, and I was, I you know, I was able to bring on uh, many of my current clients. I was able to, and I talk about this in the book too, take the leap, which was that time when I was straddling both horses, and I finally said, "Okay, I'm not going to go see clients anymore. Either you're a complete controller client, or you can't be my client." And so, you know, I did that. And and so I was able to get get some clients that way. But going direct to business, what I was finding was a lot of these business owners were going back to their CPA anyway. And they were talking with their CPA about, oh, I'm thinking about hiring this bookkeeper and, oh, it's a virtual service. And CPA is like, oh my God, no, don't do that. You know, (laughs) whatever. Or they're like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. Go for it. You know? And so very quickly, we began to understand that CPAs were either going to be our worst critic or our best influencers. That's right. Yes. Influencers. I could feel it already. I could see the look on their phone. You're going to do what? Or, oh, how good is that? Can I get all my clients with you, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Either they loved it or they, they hated it. And so what we started to do is go about educating the CPA community. Mm-hmm. And we started reaching out to them and saying, hey, listen, this is what we're doing. What do you think? Uh-huh. What a great way to get evangelists on your side. Ask them their opinion. Exactly. Everyone has an opinion. And, and everyone wants to tell you what it is, right, Andy? And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, a fresh lens to take your business to new heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth and soar again. 
My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. Jennifer, though, let's emphasize that for the listener, because collaboration has become a real buzzword today. But if you think you know it all, that's fine. But unless they believe it, too, you really don't have an, an opportunity to convince them because it's in their head. And if they don't see it, they can't believe it. They certainly can't influence it. And today it doesn't take a lot to be an influencer or a complete roadblock for your business growth. So what did you find as you asked them? Did they all sign on and they say, oh, this is so cool. How can I get you lots of clients? It'll make my life easier. You know, it was interesting because when I took the time to ask them, what do you think? They gave me their honest feedback. And because they were willing to give me that feedback, I was able to overcome barriers. Yes. See, you can't get in there and tell them everything all at once, no matter how glossy your flyer is or how much information. In fact, the more information it has on it, the less will probably read it. The fewer people will read it, right? Because it's just too much. So so what you have to do is get them to throw something at you. Like, oh, well, you can't do that because of this. Well, this is how we've overcome that. What do you think? Well, then you can't do this over here. Well, this is how we've overcome that. Or, wow, you know what? That's a great point. I hadn't thought of that. I want to bring that back to my customers and see how they feel about it. And so creating that collaborative environment actually threw the doors open for us. Yep. And we literally had CPA firms that were like, where have you guys been all this time? This is what we need. <laughs> well, because I can't tell you how many companies tell me they hate their controller. <laughs> and we were a tech company. And so what was happening is we were getting more clients and then we were realizing we were overwhelming our technology. And so of course we eventually had to go from that like Jetpack server to a rack system where we were in a climate controlled badge entry, you know, kind of thing. And then eventually, of course, everything moves to the cloud. So yeah. we had our private cloud, <clears throat> you know, that whole structure. So let's talk you know, Jennifer, about, I mean, be- I, I, you and I could marvel at the way in which you created. I'm a blue ocean strategist. You opened a new market segment. You know, and you did it just about the same time the Blue Ocean Strategy book came out in 2007. But think about creating a market, not competing in one. That's just what you did, isn't it? You felt an unmet need. You weren't quite sure 
you weren't going to drive faster to get to more clients. That wasn't a solution. So it wasn't simply incrementalism that was going to get you better. It was transformational. It was huge value innovation. It's so exciting to listen to you because you make the story of doing this come alive. It isn't simply that you saw something and I'm done, I got it, and people lined up. You created demand. It, that's the hardest part. Even if the system is good, all right, creating demand is enormous potential that doesn't necessarily turn into a profits right away. So this was very exciting. What made you write your book, From Cubicle to Clad? And tell us a little bit about what's inside, some of the lessons that can be learned. Absolutely. So. When you're starting off your business, you don't really want to tell anyone all your secrets, right? Because especially in my position where there were only a couple of people just like dipping their toes in the pool back in 2007. And it was October when we found it. So, you know, we didn't want to tell everybody exactly how we were overcoming all the barriers because they were our competition and they could leapfrog us. So we really kept our secrets close to the chest. And and we did for many, many, many years. And then finally, in 2019, I really got this calling to start positioning myself as a colleague that would share that would give back to my industry, that would empower my industry. Because mind you, by then it had been 12 years and accountants are the slowest people to do anything. (laughs) I mean, my God, we had our ledger books and pencils and wouldn't adapt like accounting software for years after companies were running their entire firm on software. And then now finally, you know, accountants are like begrudgingly using software and we're going to go to the cloud. And they're just like, oh my God, this is going to scramble my brain, right? (laughs) What will I do with my pencil? (laughs) Yes. We're all these years later and we have these large firms that are like just kind of starting to think about maybe client accounting services is a good idea. And so I wanted to reposition it for them. And first of all, I wanted to write the book to say, you can do it. It's easy. Just do it. Like, you know, here, here are all of the little components that we use. You can even piggyback on us and just do what we do. Or if you don't like something, don't do that. Do something else. Pick what you like. Leave the rest. Just do it. Go virtual. Be able to serve a larger segment of the market. And then I also wanted to write the book to tell my journey because I'm all about entrepreneurial empowerment. And I have to tell you, I think that a lot of up and coming entrepreneurs, they see the ones who have gone before them, the ones who become their mentors, the Andes of the world, the Jennifers of the world. And they're like, oh my gosh, these ladies did it. Like, how did they do it? They're just these superstars, right? Mm-hmm. And what they don't see is that, and, and you, you can read about it in the book, in Bootstrap Boogie, they don't see the roommates and the ramen noodles. They don't see <laughs> I the love that chapter. living room, right? <laughs> yeah. They don't see those days when you're sitting in your car, holding onto the steering wheel, not going anywhere, just thinking, just wondering, am I doing the right thing? Am I headed in the right direction? Should I keep going? Should I turn back? And of course, we all have that, right? So they look at those strappings of success. And sometimes as an accountant, you know, I just want to encourage people, don't go after that first. 
Because when you have the McMansion and you have the, you know, the dog and the private school and the two cars and, and the recreational vehicle, you know, that's a lot to have to take care of. Yep. And your business is a baby. So it's like having a brand new baby. And that's a lot to take care of. And it's going to need your attention and your capital and your knowledge, your wisdom. It's going to need a lot from you. And when you're diluting that by trying to maintain this facade over here, that everything's fabulous and you're so ultra successful, right? It's just, it's self So humility is an important part of being successful, isn't it? It is. Yes, it, it is. also raises the question about what is this success anyway? You know, you sound like a woman who is far more concerned about helping others be successful than, in fact, establishing your own aura of success. I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm saying that book is really a culmination of all of the hard work coming together so others can appreciate it without you being braggadocious about it. It sounds like, you know, I want to help others do what I did because as I work with them, they often yeah. are stuck or stalled. And if I hear you correctly, you don't want them to be either stuck or stalled, do you? No way. I want you to get unstuck. I want to give you all the secrets so that you can lay out your own formula. And we talk about, you know, the getting the idea and sticking to the vision and, you know, what needs to mold to the market and what needs to stay rigid and how to create processes and literally how to create processes. Like there is a chapter in the book where I literally give you an outline of how to create scopes of work for each department in your company. So you can take all the hats off and delegate and still know what's going on, how to monitor KPIs. And then as you talked about, Andy, the last chapter is give it away to keep it. And we do all get to this part in our life where we we found success. Whatever that definition is for you, for me, it's totally different and that's okay. Whatever your success is, where do you go from there? Do you build it bigger? Do you find another thing to do? Do you want more power? You want more money? Yes. Or do you want to give it away, right? And maybe you want a little bit of all of those pies. So what do you I will t- Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you that for me, giving it away was the greatest success because what happened for me is mentors really helped me on my journey. I had some very important women that helped me along the way with these little tidbits. The ones that told me the truth, the (laughs) ones that didn't lie to me about, you know, blow smoke, right? Like they really told me. And so to turn around and be able to do that for someone else in your community or in your industry, oh my goodness, it's just... You go to bed at night and you just feel so wonderful because this person is going to have a chance to launch their journey. It's what you're doing, Andy, all the time. They can launch their journey because of the wisdom that you brought to them. How cool is that? Well, and and it also uh, comes in so many important flavors for us. Uh, I think, and I'm not going to say as women or as men, but I do think that there are people who are sharers and givers, and there are others who are takers. And some are matchmakers, Um, but Adam Grant's book on giving and taking and why giving really drives success is just what you're talking about. And and on the one hand, um, you could have built this business for its all of its financial worth and all of the other. Our conversation could be a different one today, but you're a sharing, you're a giver. 
You want the rest of the world to know, this is how I did it. You can do it too. And I think there's something magical about people who want to do that. So every time, you know, I've done 450 workshops um, since 2007. And every time I get in front of a group of CEOs or their key advisors, I say to myself, my job is to help you do yours. Hmm. It isn't what I do. It's what you do. And the question is, can I give you a kernel of ideas that are going to you're going to leave in today and go back to the office? The folks aren't going to squeeze under the table, hoping you don't have anything for them new to do. But you're going to take the complex, make it simple and help them thrive. And the joy that I get watching their faces is enough in the past to fly 100,000 miles plus every year. And I'm sort of glad I don't have to do that anymore. But to your point, Jennifer, the giving is a is, is really more exciting than the having. And that's really cool stuff. Um, the book is a bit of a how-to from your perspective. Am I correct? It's true. I, I tell my story because I want people to, to hear the bumps and bruises, but it really is a how-to. And you can take, depending on your industry, whatever you want out of it and do it. At the end of each chapter, there's a pen to paper. that Because I just believe that like you have to take action. There's so many motivational books out there and it's like, yay, yay, get all worked up. And then like, <laughs> what do I do? Right? Yeah. And so, you know, pen to paper is like, here's some questions. Like, mm-hmm. Here's what you do is answer these questions, you know, because this will help you to move to that next level. And as you go through the entire book, it actually helps you to create the framework for a business. And I'm very specific to professional services being served up virtually because yeah. that's, that's really hard to do, you know, because the professional is the service, right? So to be able to standardize it, be able to delegate, be able to create processes, it's difficult. But it's important because especially we see with COVID how things just went crazy. Like now we're, they, they're saying, the economists are saying we're five years ahead of where we would have been with tech because we just pushed it forward because of market demand with COVID. So get ready because you're no. in or you're dead. To, to your point, um, if you want to change, have a crisis or create one, but never waste a crisis. And and that's a very important message for our audience, um, because you're on the brink of seeing things through a completely different lens. And don't fight it. I love the beginning of your story when someone said something. And rather than you saying, oh, we don't do that. Can't tell you how many clients I have who start out by saying, well, that's not the way it's done. No, we don't do that. Well, you're stuck or you're stalled or you're stopped growing because the way you're doing it isn't opening it up for new market space. And, and I've, um, I've got a, a real thing today about asking my clients, who's going to be your customer tomorrow? And what's your strategy for getting them? Are they lined up outside the door? Because if it's more of the same like yesterday, you know, Sally, same as last year, you're going to have a challenge because they've already moved. They're already changing and they're not bringing you along with them because they think of you the way you were. So it's a very important time. As we're wrapping up, a couple of things you don't want our listeners or audience to forget. One or two things that are real important. So I definitely want you to listen to that gut, even when the market feels like it isn't quite ready yet. If you are solving a problem, listen to that knowing. You just have to find your way in. And it might be, as we said, for me, it was leveraging influencers. 
So find your way, but listen, don't just throw it to the wayside because it could be the next really big idea. Yep. I think that's great. You also said something about being bold. That's a wonderful word. Be brave, be bold. Um, and, and I'll add to your thing, if you, um, if you believe it, if you see it, then act on it. You know, that, that yes. acting part, you have no <laughs> idea how many clients I coach to see it, believe it, and don't do anything about it. So what day is a good day? Some day is not a good day to, you know, to shift your business. What could happen if you, I love pilots and tests, because you were piloting a lot of this along the way. You had no science on how people are going to buy. You could see an unmet need. You knew they really could use you at all. So we had to find a way to get there. So I think this is just a great, great story to share. If they want to reach you, Jennifer, or read your book or get your book, how can they do that? Absolutely. So the book is available anywhere books are sold. Just go to Amazon. You can get it on Audible, Kindle, uh, anywhere. And um, and then for me, you can reach me at me at jenniferbrazer.com. Drop me a line or find my Instagram, Jennifer Brazer. And you can interact with me however you like. And if you do a pen to paper from the book, I would love to sit down with you and review your pen to paper. So... Good. That can be your next thing to actually do, that action item. <laughs> well, because I do think that sometimes we listen in. I get great emails from our listeners, our audience, about how this has really helped me. And, and sometimes we need a little hand. And there's nothing better than a virtual mentor. Um, for all of you mentees out there who are looking for some wisdom, uh, on how how to change. These are fast changing times. Don't fight it because what you what you're looking at is going to move past you before you even hang on to it. And all those hurdles make them opportunities. Think about them in a different mindset is what's positive as opposed to what the problem is. So I'm going to thank my audience for coming today and remind you two books out on the brink out of which this podcast is built, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights. And in it are seven case studies of clients who were stuck or stalled, and we used a little anthropology to help them see things through a fresh lens. And it was all there. They just didn't see it. Unlike Jennifer, people were saying things to them, and they said, oh, that's not what we do. And it was holding them back. My new book came out in January 2021, and it is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. Jennifer could have been in that book. There are 11 women in there who didn't accept what they couldn't do. And you're going to find women who were told not to be lady lawyers, entrepreneurs who were successful after being told not to open up this business. Each of the people in there want you to hear their stories to better understand how you too can be the best that you can be. And out of all of this, we have a new online program. It's called Rethink Your Journey with Andy Simon. And in it, we have eight modules to help you do just what we've been talking about today. Take some time, think about where you are, where you want to go, and let us lend a hand to help you get there. And there'll be group sessions as well as one-on-one, -on -one because we know that everyone learns differently, and it's good to know where you want to go, but sometimes you need a little hand to help you get there. And that's what we do. You know where to reach me, info at andysimon.com. That's A-N-D-I-Simon.com. LinkedIn, I'm all over LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram and a little Facebook, join our Facebook group called Rethink with Andy Simon. And it's a whole lot of women there sharing their ideas and some guys as well. So thank you from On the Brink. Jennifer, thank you for today. It was a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Andy, for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Well, I, I'm just joyful about having the opportunity to share with our listeners, our audiences, all these wonderful women who have really tackled the untackable and said, of course I can. Why not? And off we go. And I'll say goodbye. Come again every Monday. Bye-bye now.